Next on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important issues. There is a political rivalry happening within Islam. Will ISIS or will Iran define the future of their religion? We interview Avi Lifkin, a Middle East national security expert from Israel. Former Navy Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt took a stand to defend religious freedom by daring to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Now he helps you by reporting the news, discerning the spirits, and praying the scriptures. Would you pray with us? Here's Dr. Chaps. God bless you in Jesus' name. My name is Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt, Dr. Chaps, and you're watching PIJN News. On this show, we like to do three things. We report the news, we discern the spirits, and we pray the scriptures in Jesus' name. Are you ready to pray the news with us? Today we have a live guest in the studio here from Israel. He has traveled all this way to tell an American Christian audience, you, the viewer at home, what is it like to be an American-born Israeli national? And here in the, in the studio with us, let me introduce to you for the first time on our program, my new friend, Avi Lipkin. Welcome, sir, to the program. Great to be here first time, and I hope they're not the last time. Well, no, I'm fascinated by your story because you were born in New York. You're a Long Islander. You still have the accent, I can tell. But you immigrated, you made Aliyah, I assume, to Israel, and you're an Israeli citizen, dual citizenship. And you are a national leader there. You've been there how many years? 48 years. 48 years in Israel, and you are a political uh, analyst. Not only that, you're a leader of what is becoming a national political party. Uh, talk for a moment about your biography. Just introduce yourself to our audience. Okay, well, indeed, uh, my name is uh, Dennis Avi Lipkin. Uh, my American name is Dennis. My mom had an Irish Catholic neighbor. My parents didn't speak English, but they became best friends, and this Irish lady had a boy called Dennis, so my mom decided that's a good American name. The problem in Israel is there is no Dennis. There's only Denise. And so I said, call me Avi. That's my Hebrew name. <laughs> and you speak fluent Hebrew? Of course. Yeah. And uh, why did you move from America to Israel 48 years ago? It's called Zionism. And that is that the Jewish people are going to be gathered up by God from four corners of the earth and will be brought home to the land of Israel. And actually, one of the proofs of Israel's existence, of God's existence, is the resurrection of the Jewish state in 1948. And I was drawn to that. How would you describe your personal faith, your religion? I am a somewhere between conservative and orthodox Jew. I used to be conservative, but the conservative people veered off to the left. So I'm more orthodox, but I still have some of that. Uh, Western civilization contamination in which <laughs> men and women sit together and pray together. But it's okay. I, I, I pray wherever I'm accepted. And your parents were both Jewish. Yes. But you are very friendly to an American evangelical Christian audience. You've spoken in many churches throughout America. What are your views on Jesus? Well, I love Jesus very much. Uh, Jesus, of course, for us as Jews, uh, was a Jewish rabbi. Uh, I believe he was a member of the Sanhedrin, and meaning he was a top-level rabbi. Uh, of course, the story with the lady with the uh, adultery brought in for judgment before Jesus, and when he drew a line in the sand, he said he was without sin should cast the first stone, and all the other rabbis took off because they were hoping that Jesus would release her so that the Sanhedrin would not be branded as a bloody Sanhedrin. And so he basically gave the approval to let the woman go meaning that Jesus had rabbinical authority. 
Well, that's fascinating. And uh, what, are, what is your hope in America? You come back to America very often to do public speaking. You're on a lecturing tour. You've written seven books. And one of those is titled Islamic Rivalry. ISIS and Iran are fighting for the heart of Islamic identity. What do you hope to communicate with this book? Well, two things. Firstly, today there's a Holocaust taking place in the Middle East. Uh, this time it's the Christians who are being annihilated. Christians, Yazidis, Kurds, Druze, um, even the Shiites are, are slated for annihilation by ISIS. So it's ISIS, Al-Qaeda, uh, Jabhat al-Nusra. Um, the Turkish government does not like the Alawites who, Alawites who live in Turkey. There is a religious war of 1,400 years uh, going on between the Shiites and the Sunnis. Uh, you know, the, Traditionally, yeah. we think that's between Iran and Saudi Arabia, but now there's this third entity, ISIS, or right around Syria and Iraq, they're forming this new political movement. ISIS is basically an extension of Saudi Arabia. Uh, Al-Qaeda, uh, Jabhat al-Nusra, are also extensions of Saudi Arabia. Uh, the nuclear weapons that Pakistan has, extension of Saudi Arabia. And Saudi Arabia actually has a missile base at the Al-Salayal Oasis, and I cover this in my books, uh, built by the Chinese and uh, the, uh, with Chinese Dongfeng missiles and uh, nuclear warheads courtesy of Abdul Qadir Khan of uh, Pakistan. Uh, Turkey is solidly aligned with Saudi and so is Egypt. So Americans think of Saudi Arabia as an ally. Yes. Of course, politically we are allied. We fought together in the Gulf War against Iraq. Uh, we liberated Kuwait together. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of oil that's transferred from Saudi Arabia to America. Uh, but how does Iran fit into this? Because obviously they are uh, Shiite. They are against what ISIS is trying to do. So there's this battle now politically for the soul of Islam. Yes. Uh, it has to be remembered that Iran and the Shiites are 15% of the total Islamic population. 85% are Sunnis. And so the Iranians are greatly outnumbered by the Sunnis. America backs the Sunnis. Russia backs the Shiites. And so this is a proxy war in many, many aspects. Uh, I have a feeling, I don't want to say unfortunately, because there's really no good side here, but I have a, a feeling that the Sunnis are going to win, backed by the U.S. and the Europeans. Well, you're an Israeli national. You're a political leader in your own country. You're forming your own political party. Right. What is Israel's view of, of their national security? Are they more threatened by Iran and the Shiites, or are they more threatened by ISIS and maybe Saudi Arabia and the Sunnis? I think in the long term, the Sunnis are much more dangerous to Israel. Uh, the Shiites uh, could be and were in the past allies of Israel. In other words, the Shah of Iran was an ally of America, ally of Israel, until Jimmy Carter brought down an American ally. Jimmy Carter brought in Ayatollah Khomeini. And Ayatollah Khomeini, first thing he did when he came to power was death to America, death to Israel, and they took the American embassy in uh, Tehran uh, hostage for 444 days. Um, today, the greatest threat to Israel is Iran, because Iran is seeking the nuclear weapon capability to destroy Israel. Now, the Saudis already have nuclear tip missiles, but the Saudis are not talking about uh, destroying Israel, the Iranians are. Hezbollah 
uh, is threatening a, a war in which any uh, all their missiles can reach any place in Israel. Uh, I think that's uh, it's very wrong of Hezbollah, very wrong of Iran to go against Israel, because basically the Shiites need every ally they can get. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll talk about the nuclear threat that is emerging, not just Pakistan, Saudi Arabia, but Iran and Hezbollah, Hamas. We'll be back with Avi Lipkin after this short break. This is PIJN News, defending your religious freedom. Dr. Chaps will be right back. Let's take a stand with Israel today. Would you sign a petition with me? Visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org. And sign a petition to defend Israel, who is America's closest ally, certainly in the Middle East, if not in the entire world. We remember watching Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu give that speech at the UN when he warned about the making of an Islamic nuclear bomb. And that is being forged in Iran. But what are we doing now? The USA is negotiating with the Europeans to allow Iran to continue to develop nuclear material. Well, that's not right. Do we really trust this man, Hassan Rouhani, the president of Iran, who is the former nuclear weapons chief? You don't think they're gonna build a nuclear bomb when his predecessor, Mahmoud Ahmadinejad, literally threatened to wipe Israel off the map of history. Now, we need to take a stand. Why is American foreign policy to fund the Muslim Brotherhood? Let's sign a petition to stop that. Stop sending our taxpayer dollars to fund the Muslim Brotherhood. And let's also sign a petition to protect the Jewish homeland. Both of those are available today at our website, PrayInJesusName.org. And when you sign those petitions, we will fax them to Congress. Instead, the failed foreign policy of the Obama administration, starting with Hillary Clinton and now John Kerry, is pressuring Israel to give up Jerusalem? Why? We should never divide the eternal capital of Israel, which is Jerusalem, and we should move the American embassy there. But instead, now the Obama administration is unfreezing the Iranian bank accounts, sending $7 billion to them on the hope of empty promises that maybe they'll stop their nuclear program. Let's defend Israel. The Jewish people are our friends. They have a right to security in their homeland. Visit PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org and sign that petition right now. Empowering you, the grassroots activist. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps. Very pleased to have a Middle East expert, an analyst directly from Israel here in the studio with us, Avi Lipkin returning to us. Avi, you uh, mentioned this book, Islamic Rivalry, ISIS and Iran, and you started to talk about uh, the different political ideologies within the Islamic rivalry, either Iran and the Shiites or Saudi Arabia with ISIS and the Sunnis. Uh, and they're both now apparently a threat to Israel. But talk for a moment about the, the titles of the chapters. I'm just gonna read you, for example, uh, chapter one in your book is about American policy fallacies. Indeed, uh, the United States uh, as an imperial power facing off against the Soviets after World War II uh, decided to topple uh, the Iranian prime minister of the time by the name of Mossadegh. And Mossadegh uh, was not an Islamist, he was not a communist, he was not an enemy of the U.S., but he was very independent-minded. He was a true patriotic Iranian. 
And the United States said, we don't want this guy because we have to have a solid wall of defense against the Soviet Union. Uh, in other words, Iran was a frontline state facing off against the Russians. So the U.S. topples Mossadegh and brings in the Shah of Iran, gives him total power. And so the Iranian uh, democratic elements hated the United States for interfering in the internal affairs of Iran. Then, uh, 20, 30 years later, comes President Jimmy Carter and Spignu Berzhezhinsky, Democrats who don't like dictators, and uh, the Shah was a dictator, so they had to overthrow him, which was a big mistake, and they brought in a man of God by the name of Ayatollah Khomeini. Now, of course, this man of God serves uh, Allah. Uh, for those of us who know the truth, Allah and God are not the same. Allah and God are opposites. Right. And uh, Allah is a false god of the false prophet Muhammad. Yes. And, and we view that as very evil. Right. Uh, I have a three-year jail sentence in Switzerland for saying that Allah is Satan, Lucifer, the devil. Uh, because he wants to kill every human being on the face of the earth, and that Islam is not even a religion, it is a criminal psychosis bent on the destruction of the Jews on Saturday, the Christians on Sunday, the Hindus, the Buddhists, the blacks in Africa any day, and then the Muslims go ahead and kill each other, which is again the, the Shia and the Sunni killing each other, until there are no more human beings left on the face of the earth. So my personal view is that Allah is Satan, and to prove that he's greater than God, he has to kill everyone in the image of God. Well, you're talking about American policy. What should our American national policy be towards the Middle East? Well, I'll continue. After overthrowing the Shah, there was a war between Khomeini and Saddam Hussein. So for nine years, Saddam Hussein became the savior of the United States, the savior of the West. Then the United States basically turned their backs on him, and that's when he decided to invade Kuwait. So, as you said before correctly, so there was an alliance of Arab countries, Sunni countries, uh, and the United States to overthrow Saddam Hussein. So what does the Arab world see? What does the Iranian world see? That America stabs its allies in the back. Um, this is a, uh, a policy fallacy. The United States has to learn to be able to work with everyone and not stab allies in the back. The problem is oil and mammon, oil and money are the, are the key to everything. And the preponderant power is Saudi Arabia when it comes to oil and money. So to make a long story short, the United States does not behave like a Christian country. The United States behaves like a country whose God is mammon, and therefore Saudi Arabia is going to be your ally. Well, and sadly, we don't support secularist governments who would promote freedom for Christians or minority faiths like the Jewish people behind uh, the borders of mostly Islamic nations. Instead now, America seems to be, especially the Obama administration, they're supporting these Islamic radicals who Correct. want to overthrow the secular governments around the Middle East. Yes, indeed. Six million Jews died in World War II because the Nazis killed them. But the Arabs, the Muslims, the Saudis said to the Nazis, you kill the Jews, we're with you. Then they turned around, went to the Brits, the Canadians, and the Americans. The Allies said, if you deny the Jews visas to escape the Nazi Holocaust, we're with you. So there was a triangle here involved in the killing of six million Jews. After that, we have seen over the last 50 years the killing of millions of black people in Africa. And again, the United States is silent because who's doing the killing? Sunni Muslims, backed by Saudi. Then you had the war in Yugoslavia, the former Yugoslavia, in which Serbian Christians were bombed and the United States helped to form Kosovo and Bosnia two new Islamic republics in addition to Albania. And very soon, unfortunately, Kosovo, and not Kosovo, Macedonia, 
will become the fourth Muslim Republic of e Europe. And we see countries like Austria that have about 30% uh, Muslim population. Give this another 10, 20 years, Muslims will be the majority in Austria. Uh, they will have won the Battle of Vienna. Uh, so indeed, the United States, uh, because of its uh, interest in oil and money and, and, and financial domination, uh, has decided to sacrifice uh, Jews, blacks, uh, Europeans in Yugoslavia. And of course, I forgot to say, there's a Holocaust now taking place against 5 million Christians in Lebanon, Syria, Iraq, and 10 million Coptic Christians in Egypt. And of course, that's okay. It's okay to kill Christians if you're being paid by the Saudis. Well, let's fast forward to my generation, uh, and you're a New Yorker. You obviously uh, must have been horrified when 9-11 happened. In 2001, the Osama bin Laden and the radicals, he was from Saudi Arabia. Right, so F 15 of the 19 were Saudis. Talk about that. Why would our allies allow that kind of attack on America? Okay, my wife, Rachel, I'd need to do a show or two just on her. She <laughs> should be here to do the show. Let's bring her on. Yeah. Rachel uh, was born in Cairo, Egypt. She left Egypt at age 19, moved to Israel. She worked 30 years in Israeli intelligence through the Israeli radio services. And she would pick up broadcasts 30 years ago in which the Saudis would say, even if it takes us 150 years, we're going to make America a Muslim country. Then just before she retired a year ago, she would pick up the same radio station, same guys. And they were saying, we thought it was going to take 150 years. We were wrong. It's only going to take us 30 years to make America a Muslim country. So one of the ways to make America a Muslim country is immigration. Another is the buyout. And when you have uh, a 9-11 type attacks, what happens is, uh, the idea is if you can bring about a crash on Wall Street, uh, bring down the, not bring down permanently, bring down the American economy, you have fire sales. People are unloading properties and businesses and stocks. That's when the Saudis come in with all their oil and cash money and then they buy everything up. And they're buying university chairs. I mean, they're re-educating America. The Obama administration, I think, has in cahoots with Correct. a lot of that money. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we have five more chapters to cover briefly with Avi Lipkin, Islamic Rivalry. We'll be right back. Giving you a megaphone in Washington, D.C. Dr. Chaps will be right back. Let's take a stand with Israel today. Would you sign a petition with me? Visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org. And sign a petition to defend Israel, who is America's closest ally, certainly in the Middle East, if not in the entire world. We remember watching Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu give that speech at the UN when he warned about the making of an Islamic nuclear bomb. And that is being forged in Iran. But what are we doing now? The USA is negotiating with the Europeans to allow Iran to continue to develop nuclear material. Well, that's not right. Do we really trust this man, Hassan Rouhani, the president of Iran, who is the former nuclear weapons chief? You don't think they're gonna build a nuclear bomb when his predecessor, Mahmoud Ahmadinejad, literally threatened to wipe Israel off the map of history. Now, we need to take a stand. Why is American foreign policy to fund the Muslim Brotherhood? Let's sign a petition to stop that. Stop sending our taxpayer dollars to fund the Muslim Brotherhood. And let's also sign a petition to protect the Jewish homeland. Both of those are available today at our website, PrayInJesusName.org. And when you sign those petitions, we will fax them to Congress. 
Instead, the failed foreign policy of the Obama administration, starting with Hillary Clinton and now John Kerry, is pressuring Israel to give up Jerusalem? Why? We should never divide the eternal capital of Israel, which is Jerusalem, and we should move the American embassy there. But instead, now the Obama administration is unfreezing the Iranian bank accounts, sending $7 billion to them on the hope of empty promises that maybe they'll stop their nuclear program. Let's defend Israel. The Jewish people are our friends. They have a right to security in their homeland. Visit PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org and sign that petition right now. He is the intersection of church and state. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back. Join for one last segment. Avi Lipkin, thank you for coming all this way. Let's get right into your book. Chapter two is all about Russia, Ukraine, Poland versus Turkey and Islam. Well, most Americans have a very short or lacking, totally lacking knowledge of history, uh, even of American history. Russia has been fighting the Turks for a thousand years. Uh, most Americans cannot grasp this. They, they have no clue. So I am a Sovietologist, and I wrote a whole segment about Russia versus the Poles, Russia versus the Ukrainians. Uh, the Ukrainians today are allied with the Turks. The Turks are Sunnis. So the Ukrainians and the Turks are with the U.S. against Russia. Uh, Russia is backing its natural ally, the enemy of the Sunnis, which are the Iranian Shiites. Chapter 3, Shiites versus Sunnis, you kind of got into this? Yes, the Shiites follow the genealogy or the family dynasty of the Prophet Muhammad, so-called Prophet. Um, the Sunnis follow the three caliphs or three lieutenants. And uh, they've been fighting over turf. It's like a mafia family feud. And the Shiites have ayatollahs, but the Sunnis do not. Right. The Sunnis are divided up into different groups. What about Saudi's nuclear missile program and their base at, uh, I'm not even going to pronounce Al-Salayl Oasis? Yes. The Saudis are saying that, uh, not that they're saying, that, well, they were saying in the 1980s, if Israel has nuclear weapons, which I'm not saying they do, I'm just saying the Saudis said so, then they... They do. We, we can say that. Then, <laughs> then, then the Saudis want nuclear missiles too. So the Saudis funded... Chinese uh, Dongfeng missiles, which are like Pershings, and they paid Abdul Qadir Khan, the father of the nuclear project, to create uh, nuclear warheads. So Pakistan has given the Saudis, for a lot of money, uh, nuclear warheads, and so uh, the Chinese built a missile base called the Al-Salayl Oasis uh, military base, and they can hit Iran or Israel with nuclear weapons. Uh, so the Iranians are saying, we also want to have nuclear weapons to the Saudis and the Israelis. So that's the reason I have the Al-Salah. And this is a story that came out from Israeli intelligence, has never been mentioned in the U.S. press. So Mecca and Medina are the so-called holy cities right. uh, that, that Muhammad himself visited or, or right. had battles over. Right. Uh, there's a final battle coming. Right. The final battle, I believe, is going to be about ISIS, uh, which is actually the prodigal son of Saudi Arabia. ISIS is going to purge Saudi Arabia of its king and its family, which they claim are corrupt. They're going to blow up the oil wells to destroy the Christian economy of the West, which includes China, Japan, and India, which are not Christian. Uh, and then they're going to blow up the black stone, the Kaaba, which is the heart of Islam, because they claim it is a pagan place, an evil place, which is true, it was an evil place, uh, and that Muhammad had no right to co-opt it into this new pristine religion of Islam. And so Islam actually is going to be terminated by ISIS. And then when they blow up the oil wells and carry out 9-11 attacks in the United States and the world, I, I say the, the globalist, the one world government is going to ban Islam. 
Well, that's their goal. Let's hope they don't achieve those goals. Yeah. Uh, your last chapter here, return of the Jews and their Christian spouses right. and children of, to Israel. Yes, uh, indeed, today in America and in Canada and the West, intermarriage between Jews and Christians is 80%. So for every 100 Jews, they're going to marry 80 Christians. When the ISIS people who are already here in the West come to kill the Jew, they will naturally want to kill the Christian. And also, by the way, Jews and Christians are the people of the book together. So Jews are the Saturday people, Christians are the Sunday people. So you kill the Jews on Saturday, Christians on Sunday. I predict there'll be a massive uh, uh, tsunami of immigration to Israel of Jews and their Christian spouses and families. And, and my political party will be the party of those immigrants. Well, we're going to do a whole show on your political party tomorrow, but tease us a little bit. What is your party about? The party is the party of Western civilization and democracy. It is not a Christian party or a Jewish party. It is a Judeo-Christian Western civilization party, uh, which harkens back to the American Revolution. And I want to inst instill the values of what made America great until a few, few decades ago uh, into Israel and uh, to give representation to the Westerners coming to Israel. Westerners really don't have a, any representation in Israel. Half our population is from Islamic countries and half from Soviet countries. Well, for those who don't study Israeli politics, they have a, a Knesset like our Congress, right. but they have 120 members and they are represented by 12 different political parties. Right. Yours would be the 13th political party. If we got in, uh, or when we get in. There are 33 political parties, but they have not uh, past the threshold of 140,000 votes. And you have to have that many to get one member of the Knesset. To get the first three. The first three. So I hope when Avi comes back, he will be a new member of the Knesset in Israel. Me too. You're, you're not only your party leader, but you're a candidate, right. and we wish you well. Thank you. Uh, we have just uh, about a minute left here. Talk about your website and your book, and where can people find this? I have seven books. Uh, I'm not up to date if all seven books are on Amazon and Kindle. Uh, but I do have a website, uh, www.vicmord.com, half of Victor, half of Mordecai. Some of the people may know me as Victor Mordecai because for 17 first years of my ministry, I went under my Hebrew name, Victor Mordecai. Uh, but now that I'm running for office, I have to go under the name of Dennis Avi Lipkin. Which, Dennis Lipkin is the legal name. Avi is my Israeli nickname, my Hebrew name. And you have a pen name, Victor Mordecai. Right. So my first three books were written under the pen name, Victor Mordecai. Uh, now, on tomorrow's show, we'll talk about Israel's Bible block. You're going right. to talk about your political party, right. why you want to protect the future of Israeli right. national security, and you're to the right of the Jewish Home Party, the Shas Party, some of the Orthodox parties. Uh, you really have a conservative outlook that is refreshing, I think, and could be the future of Israeli security. Yeah. By the way, many people say I should have a Judeo-Christian Bible block party in the United States as well. <laughs> there has been a call for a third party here in America. Uh, I'm Dr. Chaps. We're going to uh, call it quits for today, but on tomorrow's show, Avi Lipkin will return. Our website is PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org. God bless you in Jesus' name. We'll see you tomorrow. Chaplain Klingenschmidt is a graduate of the U.S. Air Force Academy who earned his Ph.D. in theology from Regent University. As a former Navy chaplain, by taking a public stand for freedom of speech and religious expression, and by sacrificing his own 16-year career and million-dollar pension, he was vindicated by the U.S. Congress, who changed the law and restored freedom for military chaplains to pray in Jesus' name. 
Dr. Chaps not only defended the Constitution, but his petitions have helped change the law in 10 states, restoring freedom to pray in Jesus' name. Dr. Chaps needs your financial support to stay on the air. Would you please send your best donation today? Please visit PrayInJesusName.org to donate online. Or you can mail a check to Pray In Jesus Name Ministries, Post Office Box 77077, Colorado Springs, Colorado 80970. You can also call us toll-free right now at 866-Obey-God. That's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please sign up for our free emails at PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org.